welcome, 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 Fret Talk listeners. This is episode number 64 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. Say hi, me. Hello. Uh, you're here with Mr. Ayrton Tracy. Sup? Ayrton Tracy. Yo, yo. With the, with the seductive eyebrows there as well. Loving it. <laughs> this is an audio podcast, but you can imagine those eyebrows. And we are joined by the one and only Mr. Matthew Quine. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Oh, yes. Yes. The classic lineup. The classic. So, what's going on, guys? How are we? Pain. Pain. Go on. Spill the beans, <laughs> Matt. What's going on? I I tore my calf muscle. I didn't even get to play rugby. It's the first game of rugby season. So, I get there. I get changed. Go out to do a warm-up. All I did was turn around and walk backwards. And I tore my calf muscle quite badly by walking backwards. <laughs> Shit, man. That, I mean, it's like equal parts, like just wincy pain and just hilarious that it only took walking backwards to to do it. Well, that's it. Like, I, I would have, I'd have been annoyed if I'd have done it in the game, but to not even get on the pitch was just really beyond, frustrating. Yeah, it's beyond, uh, <laughs> beyond frustrating that is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's set me. I've got four weeks where I'm not able to do any sort of like running or any sort of exercise, which obviously I've been trying to do at the moment. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's frustrating. That's the the Matt Matt tries not to get fat. He's put on uh, put on hiatus at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Like it's that's out for four weeks, and then it's going to be another four weeks after that until I can play rugby. So. That's two months of the season gone already. But oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, soldier on, man, soldier on, soldier on. But on the uh, on the plus plus side, you are on some pretty uh, pretty high grade uh, painkillers at the moment, aren't you? I am. I am. I've got diazepam. I've got naproxen. I've got cocodamol, and I've just got like smiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so if Matt does start like veering off topic and start talking about the unicorn that sat in the corner smiling at him just just smile and nod just just smile and nod he's he's on his own <laughs> trip to this week <laughs> yeah it did make saturday night's gig quite difficult though <laughs> yeah fair play yeah so basically so you want- i had a choice i had a choice i could either go to a and e and get it looked at or i could do the gig so I did the gig, and then I went to A and E the following day instead. <laughs> Shit, man! Because I knew if I if I'd have gone to A and E, it'd have been like seven or eight hours, and I wouldn't yeah. have got to the venue on time. Yeah. So luckily, I'd already set up before the rugby match, so all my gear was on the stage and everything. I didn't have to do any of that nonsense. Yeah. Um, so I just drove home, which was interesting. Picked up my crutches <laughs> that I've still got from the last time I've been injured. And then drove to the gig, did the gig, <laughs> sat down on a stool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Almost like kind of 90s unplugged kind of vibe there. Yeah. That's it. I, yeah. Oh, shit, so man. Do you it. remember those, the MTV Unplugged series? I, I was going yeah, to say, I've some... seen bits from YouTube. Yeah, I there's mean, only I... Two. I was I was not I was not old enough to kind of know it firsthand, but I've I've seen some since, um, and there's some absolute blinders, but some really really fucking just 
cringy ones as well. I've I've only ever seen clips from two, and that's Nirvana and Eric Clapton. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I you, really enjoyed the Alison Chains one. So uh, <laughs> the Nirvana one is pretty much the the definitive one, isn't it? If you've yeah, if you think of uh, MTV Unplugged, you think of the Nirvana uh, Nirvana Unplugged set, and in fact, that's where I um, know that Bowie tune from, uh, and the Lead Belly tune as well. Um, I, my first frame of reference for those those two tunes were from that. Yeah, um, absolutely wicked as well. It was just like blinding, um, blinding performance from from all of them. It was. Um, and yeah, like uh, like Ayton said, uh, Alice in Chains did one which is supposed to be pretty good. Um, yeah, there was the Clapton one as well where, with that un- unplugged version of Layla, which again. Uh, it like endures even to this day, um, but I, I remember watching. Um, I think it was Kiss, Kiss doing the unplugged session. That doesn't sound like it would go well. <laughs> no, <laughs> it weren't. It weren't. Well, I say it weren't terrible. It it weren't unlistenable. Um, but I don't remember it being their finest gig. <laughs> they are very much a, a band who rely on. <laughs> loud blaring amps to smooth over the the certain yeah. <laughs> errors, don't they? <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. Um, in fact, actually, I think by that point they had um, they had Bruce Kulick doing doing guitar duties with them. So, in fact, they would have been like musically on point. Um, but yeah, Kiss. I think it was without makeup as well. They were going through that phase. Uh, just why did they know? Like, as much as Kiss are good fun, like they were good fun because of the makeup and the loud amps, and they weren't yeah, the kind really of the fantastically talented. They? Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, it was... the most talented musicians were they? <laughs> no, I mean, I I went to see them at um, uh, Download two thousand and nine, I think it was, um, and they were fantastic, but it was for all of those reasons that there was like there was a guitar pickup that set on fire and there was like Paul Stanley being airlifted into the crowd to do a song and there was just uh yeah Gene Simmons being lifted up and like spitting blood and all this so it was it was all like very theatric and it was very like rock and roll um and you can understand why they had a career for for doing that but then you put yeah. them on a put them on a, an acoustic stage, <laughs> take all the makeup off as well. I mean, they're, they're not pretty chaps, are they? Arkis. Um, it must have just looked like, like looked like an open mic down the local pub. Yeah, it's just like oh yeah. fucking hell, who let these trolls on the guitar? I've had a few beers and that's some gum. Yeah, I can play guitar, don't worry. Yeah, how hard can this kiss tune be? It's four chords, isn't it? <laughs> Okay now. Oh, so so um speaking of concerts, Ayrton, you've got you've got a bit of news of, of what you've been up to this week, haven't you? Yeah. Uh usual shit band practice, getting ready for the gig on Friday. But uh the interesting one was that I got Metallica tickets for Metallica playing at the Etihad next year. Boom. And, uh, a lot of controversial stuff on Facebook about ticket prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean th- with with bands like that, it's um, 
there's a, there's always a backlash against against ticket prices, aren't there? Let's talk yeah, about the positive does. first, though. Let's so it's it's Metallica, but Ghost are also supporting. Yeah, and there's a there's another band which I've never heard of, but I called it about about three months ago now, saying Metallica and Ghost are going to play together. Ghost are coming up the ranks fast. James has been cited at a few Ghost concerts, singing along and stuff like that. Yeah, and all of a sudden it happens but um, I mean I think the price that I paid was fair for Ghost and Metallica seeming they're only doing two UK dates yeah so in total including shipping handling fees and postage it was £110 I mean 95 quid a ticket yeah it's before the handling and stuff which isn't too bad technically if you think about it mm-hmm. I mean I got Ozzy Osbourne and Judas Priest tickets for the uh, No More Tours two tour a couple of weeks ago uh, I think that was 80 quid a ticket so I mean that's it's it's comparable isn't it yeah um, and Metallica being like a absolutely huge world world touring band who have endured many decades of of music so if anyone can command prices like that it's got to be those guys and they're still going to sell out within about five minutes. Yeah, 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 definitely. If that, two days. I mean, I've got people on my Facebook who were like, fingers crossed. And then, like, I, I see them popping up like, yeah, I've got the tickets. Woo! Um, which, fair play. Um, if, if that is what you want to spend your cash on, if that's something that you will enjoy and it will be an experience that you'll... Um, remember for the rest of your life then yeah by all means by all means so yeah I mean you alluded to the fact that there was some uh, some backlash against the uh, against the ticket prices so what, what's been going on with that on your your Facebook feed at the moment oh, well there's the uh, there's the good old age one that I think every person will have is why would I want to pay that much money to go see Metallica when I can go see anywhere between 10 and 20 unsigned bands for a reasonable price for the same amount of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's all good. I mean, technically some people can do both. But it's either a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go see Metallica play because they sell out so fast or you go see a couple of bands that you might see another 14, 15 times. Yeah. So, I mean... The the perspective of it for me is that, like, a good a good percentage of these unsigned bands will will have listened to Metallica and will have taken them as inspiration for doing their music, or will be inspired by bands who were inspired by Metallica. So it's all good and well saying. Yeah, support your local scene, and yeah, if if that's what you like to do, then yeah, by all means, do it. But don't shit on the guy who's going to see like the people who originated, uh, like certain like this this kind of era of music. Like they they defined along with the the other big four, they defined thrash in the eighties, um, and they've they've pretty much had a consistent career since. Um, so. Yeah, to those those people who are saying that, fuck you. Just simple, fuck you. Yeah. 
Um, That's what I've been saying all along to people. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it is all good and well, and I think the, there is argument to say that, like, yeah, the the unsigned band scene needs something to revive it because it's it's not doing great at the moment. But ragging on the people who are essentially your target audience, people who go to gigs, that ain't the way to do it. Nope. No. But yeah, I mean, it, that's got me as well. It got me a bit riled up as well. Like people essentially like trying to trying to band shame the people who got tickets to these these gigs. Nah, don't do it. Don't don't be that guy. Mm. Sorry, I'm I'm having to take take a swig of my uh, my pretty hardcore coffee right now. So I was I was chatting to you guys at the start of the cast. Matt was saying, "Oh yeah, look, I'm on these mad painkillers," uh, and you were saying, "Yeah, I've been down the pub. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm holding up a a mug of coffee." But it it's uh it's decaf coffee because after this I'm going straight to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Living the laugh. Aye. So um I've I've done quite a quite a bit of stuff this week and I I might mix it up a little bit in terms of the order. So I'm going to start off. Uh, I've been been surfing um, surfing eBay and certain um, certain guitar guitar sites because dangerous. I, that's, that's very dangerous. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it ended up being so. Um, so I ended. I, I sold a pedal this week out of the blue. Like I posted it up on on one of the gear exchanges probably about two months ago. Just forgot about it, and then I got a message off someone saying, oh, "Is this still available?" Like, yep, sorted. Got that. That went through wicked, so I had like some money burning a hole in my PayPal account. So I thought, let's uh, let's check eBay, let's see what's going on. <laughs> um, and the first thing that I was I was doing, I was looking at uh, there was, there's this company, Hello Sailor Effects, uh, who I happen to follow on Instagram. Uh, really cool um, effects pedals, like just like really awesome. The like tag boards, um, wired, so like old school wiring, uh, with like pretty cool, like big fat resistors and stuff. And it, it looks like vintage and old school. Um, but the, the enclosures are really like bright and colorful and really, really well thought out aesthetic. Um, so he posted up a couple, um, a couple of eBay listings this week. So I started following them. Um, and I put in a bid for um, a double broadside, um, and the broadside is like it's a, a bit of a strange drive because it works. It can work in kind of two ways. Um, you can use it as a boost pedal, so it's it's got a, a volume and a gain, and you can use it to kind of give you that sweet creamy lead tone. Um, but it also works as uh, as something called an underdrive. Which, if you've got a driven signal, you can uh, crank the crank the controls the other way and get it to kind of clean up your signal. And I thought that was that was a really interesting concept. Um, so I put some bids on that, uh, put in a maximum bid, and then 
went off to adult that day. Um, and then I got pipped to the post by one pound. So annoying. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was worse. It could have been a penny. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that. Um, so it, the the guy who bought it actually started chatting to me on uh, on Instagram and was just like, oh, shit, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, nah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but since then, I've been like, I've had an itchy trigger finger on uh, on on the sales sites. Um, and I got like an absolutely wicked deal on a Joyo. Uh, I think they call it the Vintage Overdrive, the Joyo Vintage, uh, basically a, a TS9, I think. Um, but along with that, the, the same guy who was selling that was also selling a uh, an Ibanez Tube Screamer Mini for <laughs> for a pretty fucking good price. So I, I might have uh, might have bought them. You bastard. <laughs> um, the Joyo thing is more because the. Um, there's, there's loads of people online saying that the the Joyo is it's a really good TS clone and it's it's a legit it's one of the the most legit um, Joyo pedals. And I thought I've tried the the Ultimate Drive. I've tried I've tried quite a bunch of the, uh, the Joyo stuff, uh, but the the Tube Screamer clone I haven't. So I thought, yeah, go on, I'll go for it. It's a good price. Um, and then the TS Mini. I know Matt, you uh, you. Sing the praise of this this one, yeah. I love the TS Mini. I bought it four years ago, and it's one of like mm. two pedals that have stayed on my board. It's got one as well. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's on loan. Everyone's yeah, rocking the TS Mini. It, yeah, you'll you'll keep if 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 it's on loan with the option to buy, you'll buy it. Like I say, I've. I think I've had mine for four years, and I'm pretty sure there's only two pedals on that pedal board that have been on there for those four years. Nice. Um, and the other one is a Line Six M5, which I use as like nine different things, including a tuner. Yes. So. It's your Swiss Army pedal, that isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, like I've swapped out all my other drives. All everything else has been on and off, but that, yeah. Tube Screamer Mini is just the best lead boost out there for under 150 quid. And it's like, it was 65 quid new, and you've picked yours up for, for less than that, second hand. Yeah, yeah. De- yeah, considerably less than that. Um, So, yeah, I, I look forward to, I might even do, because I did a, some, some many, many months back now, I did a comparison between like kind of light drive pedals, which had um, the, Digitech Bad Monkey, the Screaming Blues, and one of the Moor ones, the Blues Crab, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so I might do like a, a strictly Tube Screamer flavoured. Um, I think, did I not do the, the Green Mile as well? I don't know. I might have. Um, so I've, I've still got the Green Mile. So I might do the Green Mile versus the Mini Tube Screamer versus the Joyo versus the um, the Bad Monkey and see... See what what it'd be interesting to hear. Like I say, I I did a bit of research before actually buying the the Tube Screamer Mini because yeah. I I I wanted a Tube Screamer because obviously everybody that said oh a lot, a lot, it's kind of like a a well known thing to use as your lead boost. Um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Tube Screamer of some description, and the Mini is based on the eight hundred eight circuit, um, which obviously is. 
more expensive than the nine, and like it's it it's on some fairly well known records. Like some yeah, fairly yeah, yeah. well known bands use the the eight oh eight. That's why I ended yeah. up picking it. It's slightly uh, slightly less gain than the nine, I believe. Yeah, um, it is. I mean, it's which, like it's it is very slightly in that you know. I yeah. think that this the sweep is it does overlap like sort of in the middle, but you can get less drive if you want, or you can get it into the nine by turning it up full. Yeah, yeah. Then if you if you're looking at it as a as a lead boost, it, you don't necessarily need shit tons again. It's just a tiny little bit of hair, and then it's that that kind of mid hump shaping, isn't it, that you want? See, the way that I do it with that pedal is I don't have any gain. Yeah, I yeah. just use the level. I just turn the level up, up to where I need it. Turn the gain down. Put the tone where I want it. Yeah, and that gives you the boost without the overdrive in a sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I know and that's how Chris... a lot of bands that I listen to use it like Partway Drive they do it um, Architects they do it stuff like that yeah, yeah. yeah and other podcasts or guest Chris Wilson has one and he has the, the drive turned off and uses it as a boost pedal just exactly like you said there so that's a common yeah, yeah. way to use them as well I've got my gain at like 11 o'clock of course you have Dirty bastard. Have it. See, who's the real metal at here, me or Matt? See, tries to tries to suggest it, but he's he's into the dirty metals. <laughs> Just a little. Um, so yeah, I mean that's 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 one of the things that I've done this week. Um, I've I've done a little bit of guitar playing as well. Strangely, it's been a while. <laughs> um, no, I, I whipped out my uh, my Ibanez Fireman uh, because yeah, you calm down, lad. <laughs> yeah, I whipped out my Fireman, sprayed all over the place. Uh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Oh, matron! I bet you didn't, you, Matt. Oh, I just I shouldn't speak around you guys, should I? <laughs> no, no, probably no. not. It's, it's why we do a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, Ibanez Fireman, I was playing it, felt wicked, plays great. I was not getting inspired, though, and it was the pickups that were doing it for me. I think, unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, um, I've been spoiled on pickups. I, um, I, I get to play quite a few Um with my my good friend Mr. Fletcher over at Fletcher Pickups, um, and his pickups are just super clear and defined and just just nom nom tasty delicious tone, um, and I wasn't getting that quite from the from the fireman, so I'm just like, yep, yeah, got to get rid of the pickups, got to put some Fletchers in this, um, so that that's happening this week. Aren't they like two hundred quid's worth of pickups you've got already in there? Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah. So there, I had a look to to give like a, a quick pricing guide, and that if you buy them new, they are seventy seven pounds ish per per pickup. Um. So I mean that knocks you well over the two hundred pound mark. Um. I'm selling them for like one twenty on the on the gear exchange. Uh. I might even accept a little less than that to be honest. If any of you fret talk listeners want some um, 
some new pickups, some Demasio noise cancelling pickups. Just uh, yeah, just hit me up, see what we can do, see if we can get a deal sorted there. Um, but Could yeah, give out some cheesy pickup lines as well. <laughs> I think I will just just um, sell the pickups. I'm not gonna not gonna do any uh, any cheesy pickup lines with that. Fuck. Uh, but yeah, I I uh, I posted some stuff on my Instagram as well um, over this last weekend. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned the the Fletcher staple pickups, which were like a kind of prototype thing, and then I played them and <laughs> then mentioned them again, and just going, yeah, they're really actually pretty good. Um, I thought, you know what, I'll go well with these. Slide. Slide will go well with these. Uh, so I busted out, busted out my slides and did a little... It was a little bit ropey, but you can forgive me. I did a little bit of a kind of gospel-y lead line. And turns out, yeah, they're, they're really, really nice. They're really, really nice. So... Yeah. Again, I am being spoiled on pickups. Just... By the Fletcher pickups, um, we've got some talk about some some pickups which aren't Fletcher pickups later on in the cast actually. So we'll uh, we'll slap right on into that news. We'll go headfirst into the news. Um, so I got an email today um, from Guitar Guitar saying Gibson 2018 range price drops. So of course, when you when you get something like that, you think, "Go on, how cheap are they actually going?" Because before that, nope. Um, yeah, it turns out some of them actually pretty pretty tempting. Really um, tempting. Like- so, uh, what we're going to do? We're going to have a, a little look back at the 2018 range, at the current pricing, and kind of reassess whether whether they're viable options because. When when you're talking like close to three grand for uh, for Les Paul standards, let's have a look. Actually, yeah, two thousand six hundred, pretty much for a Les Paul standard. I just I instantly switch off and go, nah, I ain't buying that. Um, but now they they've lowered that price considerably. Um, it's slightly more tempting. So I'm gonna go through a couple of the um, couple of the models that are still available. Um, but that I also thought were pretty, uh, pretty good. So I'm gonna. Uh, so the studio, I'm, I'm not a particular fan of, but it's gone from thirteen hundred pounds to just under a grand, so nine nine nine, which is kind of where you expect the studios to sit. So I thought that's that's all right. That's a decent little saving. Um, we've got the classics that were. 14, sorry, uh, 1800 new uh, when they were uh, initially released and they are coming in at 1400. Um, the traditional, and <laughs> this is probably my pick of the lot because the finish on those traditionals. Oh, yeah. Damn. I know what you mean. Uh, so they were 2200 originally, talking 1700 now. And then the standards, like I said, twenty six hundred down to nineteen hundred. So, 
I mean, out of those lot, I'd probably go uh, Gold Top for the classic. Yeah. So the Gold Top with the P90s, because you, you're not getting much classier than that, are you, with the, with the Gold Top and the P90s? <laughs> Uh, the trad, as I mentioned, probably the best finish of the lot was the honey burst I would go for. Yeah. Uh, and then the standard, there were kind of two. So the heritage cherry, to- uh, heritage cherry burst was a kind of uh, a deeper red than it usually is. Um, and I thought that looked really good. Um, but then they do what they call blood orange burst, which was kind of like a... A, like a wine red to an almost kind of almost orange uh, center. So like a dark heritage cherry. And I thought that was pretty tasty too. How about yourself, Matt? You've had a little look at these as well, haven't you? Yeah. Um, my biggest shock was the fact that the high performance didn't drop anywhere near as much as anything else. I don't know that you noticed that. I don't... No, so... no, no. I, I completely bypassed them. So the the high performance was uh, three grand, and they've dropped it to two thousand seven hundred. So they've barely Ooh. dropped it at all, um, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just don't understand if they if they manage to drop the standard yeah, by nine hundred quid or whatever it is, seven hundred quid. Uh, seven hundred, yeah, that is. Why can't they do that with the high performance? The high performance, yeah, starting at an even higher price point. You would have thought that would be the biggest saving, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit odd. But yeah, for me, I think the, the gold top um, classic, I think, is possibly the best looking guitar there. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, when I saw the gold top classic and I saw the fact that it was going for 1400 I instantly clicked on the finance options to see what what the the feasibility for it was going to be. <laughs> I ended up talking myself out of it, but it was it was touch and go for a moment. Well, that was that was my first thing was I wonder, I wonder how difficult it would be. Yeah, but I don't need P ninety like I I just I I don't need that at the moment. <laughs> I've got enough guitars. But I mean, considering the fact that we both looked at it and, and started almost seriously considering what would be the feasibility behind this. That's a testament to to how much that price drop has kind of influenced it. Yeah, and it is, like like you say, I think it's 400 quid price drop on that one, is it? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's not, a, not as big a price drop as some of the others, but because it's now under kind of... Yeah. one and a half you're thinking that's not too bad but even even the uh, the traditional at one seven you're looking at that you're thinking that's like that is a les paul's les paul that that's a a classic looking les paul in a classic finish traditional as well so you're not talking like silly modern accoutrements with it it's some some actual classic classic les pauling and not not reaching the two grand mark. That's it's it's plausible. Yeah, and um, I think Gibson are dropping these prices because obviously they've got the twenty nineteens coming out. They don't want their twenty eighteens competing with it. They want to push people towards the twenty nineteens. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. But I still think the- they're probably. Yeah. 
not going to be losing out, but I bet you the, the, the profit margins will be pretty slim on these now. Yeah, yeah. They're priced clear, aren't they? They're priced, priced so that they'll, they'll leave the shops, so that they'll make room for those 2019s. And yeah. it happens every year. It happens every year without fail. You get the, these, these end of the line. And it's not just Gibson. Um, I bought my, um, my ESP telly. Uh, in end of the line stock and it was like 400 quid's worth of um, telly knocked down to like 250 yeah the, the big so, the big one I remember people getting annoyed about was PRS when they had those was it Wood Library was that their their thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and they used to they'd release like three or four different ones at a time and you'd spend like three and a half four grand on one and then when it got to the last one in the shop, they dropped by like yeah. 1,200 quid because they had the next ones coming in. <laughs> and the people who bought them yeah, when yeah. they first came out went absolutely nuts because they just spent four, four grand. And if they bought it as an investment piece or they bought it with the thing of, oh, you know, it'll still be worth something if I sell it on. And they're then selling the the new one for 1,200 quid less. It's 1,200 yeah. quid that they've lost out on immediately before anything else it's just no I completely agree man I yeah I remember completely agree that it it's it's almost like you hear these people who buy um buy BMWs and like Audis and stuff like that and then the moment you drive it off the forecourt it's lost it's lost it. like 15 grand yeah yeah you know like, I think yeah. it loses about 20% anything loses about 20% soon you take it out of the shop room yeah, it's, it's like fucking mental, isn't it? It's absolutely mental. But it is the way. It's the way of capitalism, I suppose. It, it happens with everything. Um, that's why buy second-hand kids? Well, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's one way of getting around it. And you can get you can get a, a Les Paul standard, and we're talking like the standard standard. Uh, if you're talking like a anything from 2000 to about probably about 2005. Um, you can get them for like a grand, one two, if you if you look hard enough. And he's just like, well, yeah. And you're you're asking, you're almost asking like the grand for the studio now. So, yeah. I mean, I I had a look through some of the um some of the other um the 2018s some of the semi hollows and and they were still going for some ridiculous cash yeah. um i i didn't actually note any down but i i don't remember seeing um any of the the 335s for less than 2 grand which is a bit of a shame but they tend to they they do ask a premium for them anyway what about the sgs what were they like I think the only one that I saw was an SG faded, and it was seven hundred, and it was it had only been knocked down by by a hundred quid, I think. So it was really disappointed on the SG. I'd still buy it. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It was just like I would I I would have liked um liked to have seen some standards, but the, if they've all sold out, they've all sold out, haven't they? People clearly buying them at the at the standard price. Yeah, I think the, so, the SGs are, are more reasonably, or in 
people's eyes are more reasonably priced, aren't they? They they don't go anywhere near that two thousand seven hundred quid that the standards are. The lead poles. No, no, I don't. I don't even think they they dip into the two grand mark. I think they're they're well below that. Mm. But I, I don't know. But that they uh, the two thousand eighties. I'm actually surprised that they sold them all because they had that weird fucking salmon burst. Uh, that, again, that in, was that wasn't standard. That was the high performance again. They did a S, an SG high performance. That okay, was, that was that weird half finished dipped burst thingy. Yeah, yeah. The I think they called it the fade, didn't they? And it it weren't it weren't called salmon salmon or rare steak fade. But <laughs> I can't remember. No, what that's it is. just what we dubbed it. No, um, they do still have some. Or guitar guitar do still have some um, standard twenty eighteen. SGs, they've knocked 150 quid off the price tag, so it's one four, uh, uh, 1,149 now. And what was that for, sorry? The SG standard 2018. Okay, I, I must have missed those. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not bad at all. One, 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 four, nine. Mm. Uh, Heritage Cherry, uh, Satin Cherry. And that's it by the looks of it. It looks like they've just got two different colours of cherry. <laughs> oh, don't do this to me, no. Etern. That's it. Oh, that's my next wage gone. Well, finance is available, isn't it? I mean, with Guitar Guitar, not that I've ever tried this multiple times, but they do a 12 month deferred payment. So, you know. <laughs> You can take By it. I now worry about it in the future. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In eleven <laughs> months' time, you start to panic. On. Yeah, go shit. I need to work overtime. If if you want it in another colour, you could always go left-handed and have it in black. No, no, no. <laughs> SG should ever be in black unless it's in Angus Young's hand or Tony Iommi's hands. Fair so play. I quite like them in black. Yeah, yeah. I could do. I could do a black SG uh, if they want to. If they want to send me one, Gibson. You want to send send me an SG over? I'll I'll happily take the black one off your hands if you just want to get rid. I mean, I'll, I'll try I'll try it out until it gets broken in about three thousand years. Let's <laughs> see. So Gibson, send us all out one. We'll 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 do a fair and honest review on them. I'll do a I'll do a few gigs with it and get your promotion. That's it. We'll do it for exposure. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's what all the promoters <laughs> say, isn't it? Fucking hell. Well, yeah, so we've, we've got some uh, some other things what we can talk about this week because I think Gibson, generally speaking, when they're, when they're cheaper, they're a bit more tempting. I think that's uh, how we've fallen on that one. Uh, yeah. So Seymour Duncan, they don't do Fletcher pickups. Uh, Seymour Duncan have released... They don't do Fishman's either. They don't. They don't. <laughs> Um, they have released a um, a new Strat set, which that's that's nothing new because they do they've they've done Strat sets for a while. This set is called the Red Devil PAF set, um, and are based uh, around. Uh, I think the the marketing is that you get the the Pearly Gates, uh, Billy Gibbons, Les Paul sound in a Strat. Um, which that's a bold claim right there. It's a very bold claim. Last wood, last tone. Um, 
yeah, I mean, that the the thickness of the body and the body material is going to be a factor. But I mean, so but wait, cone wood doesn't matter. <laughs> that is a debate for another day. <laughs> so, I just throw that one in for us. Yeah, why not? Why not? Just, just yeah. Annoy everybody. That's it. Yeah. They're already screaming at the <laughs> at the, uh, at the podcast to say, get on with it. Um, so, Alnico 5 Magnets, which is hot to be expected. The bridge, uh, sorry, the, the middle and neck are kind of smoother PAF style uh, wines, but the, the bridge is wound hotter, which is nothing new. Um, they come in black, white, cream and parchment finishes. So again, from these um, Strat humbucker style um, pickups, that's nothing new. They, they've done those for ages. Um, the price of them. So I, I saw a, a thing on it saying it was like $299. But Ayrton, you've, you've actually looked them up on the... On, the English websites, haven't you? Yeah. And it's, uh, Anderton's for the set is £389. Well, £89. Fucking hell. Or if you just want the neck pickup, it's 99 quid. So that's... Uh, hang on, how does that work? 399 £389, or you can get one pickup... Just for, one. For just £99. The, the whole <laughs> set's on Anderton for £389, and then... Just the neck pickup on guitar guitar is ninety nine pounds. That seems. Bad. That's because we all know that Billy Gibbons has only ever used the bridge pickup, and therefore that's the one you want. And that's going to be two hundred quid. Yeah. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Actually, there's one here on Sound Effects Premier. Let's have a look. Even or is more that just money. A set? If this is a set, then no problem. But if it's just one pickup, oh no, neck oh. Available in set, neck or bridge. Let's just have a look at the bridge pickup. Go on. The bridge on Sound Effects Premier is 97 quid. So there you go. So if you buy them separately, you're saving money. Or how much is the actual set on Sound Effects? Go on. Oh, the, oh we got a saving here on Sound Effects Premier. If you want the set, it's 291 quid. There you go. That's That sounds about, sounds about right. So... 300 quid for a, a set of pickups. Not the most expensive pickups that I've ever heard, but it, considering that's a, a set of Seymour Duncan pickups, which they usually come in at about like 50 to 70 a pickup. Uh, not for the custom shop, though. Oh, is, is this what sure, this is? Surely these these must be custom shops. Like The the, the other Billy Gibbons ones were custom shops. The, te- the, the telly ones. Okay. The, what's so, the telly uh, one? Like, what were they? It... it, it yeah, it's unreasonable. Were they a recent thing? Yeah, they're like the telly pickups are the possibly the best telly pickups I've ever heard in my life. And I know it's probably because they don't sound like telly pickups; they sound like punching you in the face. But um, those custom shop stacked rather than like. Not next to each other like these strap strap ones, but they're they're, they're stacked humbuckers instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's, yeah a hum cancelling single coil with a, a a stacked magnet. That yeah, those words. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's like I think the 
bridge pickup is 28k output and the neck was like 22 um, but yeah Steve had a, a set of them in his uh, in one of his tellies and it just sounds amazing bang on uh, and if these strats are, are anything like them then I kind of want to say they're probably worth the money the, the the one gripe I've got about this to start off with, uh, the product video, they sound all right. Don't get me wrong; they they sound like decent pickups. But if you've got a if you've got a Billy Gibbons signature pickup, you really want to hear Billy Gibbons. Well, you you really want to hear like a Billy Gibbons style playing, even if it's not Billy Gibbons himself. You want some of that kind of Texasy just rawness and this this guy bless him he wasn't billy gibbons he did a, he did a decent job but he he weren't billy gibbons um so i mean that that's part of my gripe with it um i have played the uh, pearly gate set and they are possibly one of the finest humbuckers around i i really like the the pearly gate set and uh, as a as a weird bonus to them as well. When you split them, the uh, the single core sounds are really good as well. Um, so that's that's awesome. However, I've never heard a humbucking strat uh, strat sized pickup that sounds like a humbucker. Um, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they 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 kind of sound part of the way there, but. They never sound like a humbucker because the the magnets aren't the, big enough. Yeah, they're not the same. It's 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 too too smaller enclosure for it, and yeah. there's no way that you're getting all of that like big, rich, bassy, mid-rich goodness out of uh, a, a strap. Proper creaminess isn't going to come from such a small pickup. No, not it won't. And like I say, they'll probably sound they'll probably sound really nice. And like Matt's attesting to the fact that the um the the ones that Billy Gibbons puts his names to uh is they they often come with quality with them. However, if they're touting it as being a Pearly Gates pickup, it yeah. ain't gonna be a Pearly Gates pickup. No. Um so that's that's. More I think they've marketed. It. I think it's it's bad marketing as opposed to the the pickups being bad themselves. Though, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They will still be incredible sounding pickups. They won't sound like a normal Strat set. They won't. Yes, they won't get you all the way to a path sound, but they'll get you closer than probably any other Strat style pickup would. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> My argument then is, if you if you really want a PAF sound, you really want that Buy a kind of with humbuckers. Well, that's it. That I mean, Buy a decent guitar. Yeah. If if you you're after a Les Paul sound, don't Buy don't try Paul. and get it out of a tra- out of a strat out of a trat. What am I on about? <laughs> um, out of out of a strat style guitar. I really want to know what position two and four sound like. <laughs> like uh, what? What Les Paul sound are you going for there with position <laughs> two or four from this from this pickup set? An unplugged one. The set, it's only a three-way position switch and it just does neck neck and bridge and 
bridge and it just completely ignores the middle pickup even though you're paying another <laughs> like 90 quid for it <laughs> that'd be glorious um so what are we thinking on the on the same thing um I, like i said i, I I'm, the marketing's not working for me i i have no doubts that they will probably be quite uh, quite good sending pickups and i don't want to poo poo the pickups uh, especially because I, I'm insanely biased towards a certain pickup manufacturer, and it ain't Seymour Duncan. Um, That's Fishman, isn't it? Uh, yep, Fishman. Fishman, <laughs> float my boat. Um, but yeah, I've had Seymour Duncan's in the past. I mean, I champion the the quarter pounder as being an amazing pickup, and my kind of my first. Fletcher pickup was was an emulation of the uh, the Seymour Duncan quarter pounder, so that's that's how much um, I I enjoyed um, the, the quarter pounder. Um, but three hundred three hundred quid for something which will get you part of the way there to a, a humbucker sound. Why do that when you can go for a proper cheap Epiphone Les Paul for about three hundred quid? Oh fuck, man! This we were supposed to be talking about that this week, weren't we? We were supposed to be talking about like just shitty advertisements, <laughs> just really shitty advertisements. Um, Which brings us on to the next topic. No, no. Just on these, on these Seymour Duncan, whatever they are. Like, I'm sure yeah. the pickups are good. I don't think. I think the marketing's probably done in the wrong way. They're significantly cheaper than the the telly set that Billy Gibbons had because they were two hundred quid a pickup, um, but they were custom shop something or other limited editions. There was like forty or fifty of them sets made. So yeah, did they play the guitar yeah. for you as well? No, no, you still had to play the guitar. Like I say, I I really like the telly pickups, but they weren't. They didn't make your guitar into a humbucker. They didn't sound like a path. They just didn't sound like anything that you've ever heard from a Telecaster. They, yeah, they sounded like Billy Gibbons. Yeah. He's 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 a man who he's I would never say he's got bad tone. He he defies logic. He, gets, he could plug into a Line Six Spider and still make it sound good. See. Well, that's it. Have you have you seen the video of him in the streets? I think it was was it in Vienna where he picks the guitar up off a busker. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, and just starts yeah ripping it. And a it's like bit. A, a an encore strat. It sounds like a freaking so, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like sounds like Billy Gibbons, doesn't it? But yeah, he, it's just he, he plays like seven strings as well, and you think yeah, the man's getting like big fat tone out of seven strings. He's He's a voodoo magician. He's a monster. So, um, just being wary of the the amount of time we got left, we're gonna we're gonna go to our final news topic for today, which is something that I give so little fucks about. <laughs> I, I've been putting this this news article off for probably about three weeks now, um, because yeah, I don't give any shits about this, but. I feel that it's probably worth mentioning because there's not much going on. So, <laughs> um, KHDK, 
the the nation's favourite guitar pedal company. The uh, first ever guitar pedal company run by a guitarist. That's it. Oh dear. Kirk Hammett. It only uses one fucking pedal. That I I, I imagine that will be on uh, on his uh, headstone. That will be. It'll be his epitaph. Um, <laughs> no, it'll say needs more bar. That's it. It'll it'll just be a it, yeah. The headstone will just be a giant cry baby. <laughs> yeah. Like, get buried in a cry baby. What what he would have wanted. That's it. Um, so back on this uh, KHDK pedal rather than ragging on um, Kirk. So uh, it's called the Unicorn Blood Fuzz and it's got a story behind the name, which, again, didn't give two shits about. But uh, so Semi went gay for about two weeks when he made his pedal. Yeah. Uh, did you did you listen to last week when like within the first five minutes I had to do an uh, inappropriate joke? It was brilliant. I did. Uh, it made yeah. me giggle. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was quite a quite a tactful way of um, addressing um, addressing some of the things that shouldn't be said. Um, <laughs> You mean the one that I'm biting my tongue at right now? It's just bring yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Uh, so, unicorn blood fuzz. Uh, there's a Chicago uh, dark matter coffee company. Uh, they have an espresso blend called the Unicorn Blood, um, and apparently that's that's what inspired the pedal. So, coffee inspired pedal. <laughs> coffee to fuzz pedal. That's it. Yeah. I suppose Coffee's if you drink so much it? of it, you'll go fuzzy, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Hang on, right? If you buy the pedal, do you get a free bag of their coffee? That would be a nice touch, wouldn't it? It would be a nice touch. That would be a good touch. Uh, so, the Unicorn Blood Fuzz. It's, it's an oh, wait. oh, no, 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 no. Wait, it does. Does Each it? of the 100 pieces limited series is hand-wired, uh, hand-wired custom shop, and ships with a bag of Unicorn Blood Espresso blend of dark matter coffee. <laughs> That's it. There you wow. go. Selling point. Wow. Uh, so it's a it's a fuzz octave, um, which is um, it's a common um, common combination. You've got a, a switch for both, so I believe you could do the the octave independently. But I don't think anyone cares. Oh, wait, <laughs> let's think of a guitar company that's already done that with an artist. <laughs> uh, MXR. <laughs> But this is Slash who who puts his he put his name to any fucking thing, wouldn't he? But it's yeah, but he's not quite Joe Banamassa. But that is true. That is true. But uh, he's got signature MXR pedals as well, hasn't he? He's, uh, the fuzz face, the uh, shiny chrome on. Yeah. Uh, no, that went MXR, was it? No. No. He's probably got. He's probably got M- something MXR. I think MXR- MXRs with the Hendrix octave fuzz, wasn't it? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, anyway, so you've got the the fuzz side has got a fuzz volume and treble control, which standard fuzz. Uh, the octave side, I could not make head nor tails of. So it's got three switches: got a fat switch, a sludge switch, and a boost switch. None of which were explained in any way in the product video. Um, it's got a bass knob and an octatone knob, which again, <laughs> yeah. So 
the 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 project video was done by Brent Hines, um, and yeah, he very much did not go into the explanation behind this pedal. Um, he spent about three minutes just ripping it on an SG, um, and by the end of it, I thought, yeah, SGs with Vibrola Trem systems are fucking cool. <laughs> Um, it weren't a particularly fancy sounding pedal. It sounded like it was an analog octave, which I suppose you get you get some brownie points for. So kind of a little bit glitchy, and it sounded a bit too precise to be an, an analog octave. But it it gave me that vibe that it was analog. But I don't know. Again, um, couldn't tell you what the the octatone um, knob does. Uh, Brent Hines <coughs> described it as. Um, it being like a cup of coffee with sugar and cream and the octatone is like adding the sugar and cream. Uh, Fucked if I know where he was going with that metaphor. (laughs) Well, it's all right. The the KHDK website doesn't even tell you what that what that knob does. So, so. no, because I'm on it right now and I'm looking and I can't see fuck all about it. So clearly, nobody knows what it does. I imagine you open up the back and it's not wired to anything. It's just, <laughs> it's a pot there, but it's not wired. Um, so yeah, Fuzz Octave. Um, it's reverb exclusive, as Ayrton said, and it's 100 units as well. Uh, so it's, by now, it's probably sold out, which, great. Thank fuck. Um, <laughs> Shit about the coffee, though, because I really wanted some decent coffee. There you go. I mean, I, I'm sure you don't have to buy the pedal to get the coffee. Um, oh, fuck it I'd just sell the pedal for about 50 quid <laughs> as long as I get the coffee that's it give me the coffee uh, so what are we thinking of this Fuzz Octave KHDK pedal do we have anything redeeming to say about it does anyone anyone have I mean, anything nice to it, say it, about it's it it's got some some different coloured knobs on it and it does, different it, sized knobs it definitely does and there's does a painting that. of a unicorn and a rainbow a rainbow yeah so I mean, if 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 you into My Little Pony, this is the pedal for you. There you go. So that's the target audience for this, and I think that's probably where we're going to wrap it for this week. <laughs> I'm glad that I was talking over the top of that, Matt, because I don't think I don't think that's where he's aiming the pedal at. <laughs> I don't want to know where he's aiming his pedal. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, a no, we don't. That's crossing some sort of line. <laughs> we'll see if it makes the cut this week. Um, so. Well, it's not we- going to be cut, is it, with a fucking pedal like that? <laughs> right. As much as I love the bastard, I'm going to rip him to fuck this pedal. Yeah. It's it- bad. It's not. It's not great. It's, I, don't think, I don't think we're its target audience. And I think the fact that we are actively just taking the piss out of it um, probably says more about our stance on it than our words are. Um, <laughs> so, wrapping the podcast for this week. That's where we're ending. Okay, we're doing some plugs. If you want to find us online, um, potentially where we're less drugged up and less just loopy as fuck. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't, I doubt that, mate. I would very much doubt that. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not promising anything, but. We might be less loopy as fuck. Um, if you go in Facebook, 
uh, Facebook groups and you look for the Fret Talk podcast, you'll find us there. Um, if you want to find me, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, you go facebook.com slash budget pedal chap, instagram.com slash budget pedal chap, or YouTube and type in budget pedal chap. Shit's happening. Um, yeah, you know, you know the drill. The ball's going to get rolling soon because I, I feel, feel the, uh, that I'm becoming less busy. So potentially that will be the next thing. Um, if you want to find, uh, Ayrton, you can check out his band, uh, Sin Circus. And I think it's facebook.com slash the Sin Circus. I think so. I think I know it better than you because I typed it into the, yeah. the podcast uh, show notes the other week. There uh, you go then. If you want to find Matt online, he's a busy, busy man. He's really busy. He does another podcast. He does The Rasslings. And you find that it's the Bad Bookers podcast on iTunes, on Zedcast, on Acast, on SoundCloud and on Stitcher. Those yeah, guys are busy. Pretty much everywhere apart from um, And if you want to check him, Barfly. if you want to find him on Twitter, it is uh, heel underscore Matt Q at Twitter. Yep. Boom. I have practiced this. Or I just listened to uh, this week's podcast uh, a couple of days ago. So, it's like, like I did last week. Um, yeah, that's us for this week. Thank you so much, guys, for listening and girls. And we, we yeah, I think you can you can tell just how, how we're running on fumes this week, considering I'm drinking decaf coffee to try and keep myself awake. Uh, and we're on various mind-altering um, drugs to try and keep us sane. But thank you for listening. Uh, so for, for us at the Fret Talk Podcast, this has been episode 64, and it will be a goodbye and good night for this week. ta Goodbye and good night. Ciao. Goddamn. <laughs> I tell you what you might get at the end of this week's podcast a fart I just I just recorded a fart <laughs> oh dear <laughs>